The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This is Soulful Living on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of Soulful Living here at Empower Radio. My guest today, Lee McCormick, is the founder of the Ranch Recovery Center and the Integrative Life Centers in Tennessee. And as a person who is very verbally uh, proud of her recovery process, I'm super excited about having Lee on the show today. He was actually on last November when he launched another book that he wrote, uh, Spirit Recovery, and I really found some great insight in it. Today, we're going to talk about the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, among many other things, I'm sure, and it's a book that I have been loving reading, and you'll find out why. I mean, not, not just the fact that it Uh, focuses on reconnecting with your heart, but it also brings in aspects of the medicine wheel. And if you're listening to me for the first time, I love shamanic work. I love the mystic and I love connecting in with my heart. So uh, rather than me continue to ramble on, I welcome you to Soulful Livingly. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, when when your publicist reached out to me about the book, I was really excited about it. I loved your work. And as a person that is active in recovery, I've been drug-free for 30 years and alcohol-free for 25. I love your work. And I really appreciate not just your work, but with your colleagues, how you are here to help people regain the sense of life. Yeah, well, <clears throat> gosh, I mean, it's 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 a big it's a big topic, and and it's really a recovery is really a doorway to you know a whole other heart centered relationship to being here, being in this world, and there's just so much to it, and so much opportunity, um, you know, for us individually and collectively to to recreate the way we live in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and one of, I mean, obviously, one of the the main focuses of the book is like reconnecting with your heart. And let's give the listeners a bit of a, a background on the, how, how really how the Heart Reconnection Guidebook came, came about. Okay, sure. Actually, the, I have a group of friends, um, that are all involved either in the in the mental health addictions world or the mental health conference business, um, you know, and the 
just really all aspects of health and wellness and consciousness and recovery. And it all, for me, it all, it's all parts of the same whole. Um, we were in Santa Fe at a conference about three years ago. Um, all the, the individuals that are a part of this book, John Borisinko, Gary Seidler, Mary Faulkner, Holly Cook, myself, um, and my friend Will Tagle. And we were over at Joan's house, and I've, I've kind of been an instigator in this in this uh, <laughs> this realm of work that I've never, you know, I've never just accepted the status quo as being good enough. Um, mm-hmm. It's always frustrated me that for all of the sincere um, attention given to recovery work and to the mental health treatment addictions treatment space. You know, the outcomes have just never been acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the so-called success rates have never been even at 50 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always really frustrated me. And, and I've always felt like we, the people who are who are holding this space and doing this work, leading this work, we're responsible for those outcomes as much as the clients are, if not more so. And that mm-hmm. if our outcomes are so poor, then we have a responsibility to really look at ourselves. Like, what are we missing, mm-hmm. you know, as the professionals in this so-called professionals in this work? Um, and so I've, I've challenged the systems and I've challenged tradition, um, you know, and I've, I've, I've just challenged um what I perceive is just being too narrow a minded point of view around what healing is. And, you know, my own life, I've lived a lot of different experiences. I've worked with indigenous healers from the Andes to, you know, Mexico and, and North American tribal people. And, you know, with some Tibetans over the years and, um, myself, I've just realized that, what we are as human beings is so much greater than the way it's characterized for us in our culture. We're so much more than what mm-hmm. we're taught. And, and we're so much more powerful and we have so much, so much available to us um, in life and in spirit and through awareness and, and through the power of our attention, you know, um, that there's just no good reason why, for me, why 70 or 80% of the people that are looking for help are not finding a pathway to their freedom and to, you know, to, to the opportunity to create a life that they love living. And that's, that's what inspires me. And that group of people in Santa Fe on that particular day, we were having this kind of conversation, you know, and, and they all agree. And, you know, I, looking at each other, I said, you know what, guys, like we're capable of doing this. We're capable of creating a new paradigm. We can all come together and and reinvent this wheel um, because it really needs to be recreated from a fresh point of view. And that's that led around to the to. Well, if if we could collaborate and write a book that would set the framework for a paradigm shift, that would just be fantastic tool so i don't know three years later we have the book 
I have found it to be um, one of those books where I could highlight um, every paragraph on every page. Uh, so much of it really spoke to me, you know, because to me, it's more of a guidebook for life. As you said, there's, there has been something missing from mental health, from recovery, from life. So many people walk around not even realizing that their light is so dim. Right. I agree. You know, and, they, and it's, well, it's, you know, we're born into this world and we inherit a legacy, the legacy of our people, you know, the mm-hmm. legacy of our family and our culture and our religions and our education system. And we inherit a legacy that that's just frankly very challenged. It's, it's, there's a lot of heavy energy and a lot of trauma and fear and heartbreak. Um, and we humans collectively have not stopped to really question why do we keep passing these these beliefs, um, these in, these ideas of right, wrong, and good and bad, these labels. Um, you know, we keep passing this stuff forward without ever really taking 100% responsibility for, number one, what we've chosen to believe and how we've chosen to live and, you know, number two, we're not really taking responsibility for what we're leaving behind when we leave this world. You know, we just kind of get into life. We, we're programmed according to our culture. Um, we get in the, in the rat race and we do our thing and we try and be good enough, you know, and we, we work hard and we make our contributions. And so much of it is not coming from a heart-centered place or a place of authenticity, um, it's coming, you know, it's, it's, it's really seated in, in desperation and fear and, um, you know, the need to prove that we have value as though we are, we're not born with an innate value, you know? Yeah. And you know, you, you look at that and I think to myself, okay, how, how did we get so far away from that as a society and particularly, you know, Western culture, a lot of the indigenous cultures and the Eastern cultures, they, they get it. You know, they see the light, they practice that with their communities and their, their families. And I think, how did we get so far away from that? And, and yet it's really not about how or why anymore, how far we got. It's how, as you said, how can we, how can we help the future? You know, this year I had, um, two years ago, my son had a baby. And so now I have this beautiful grandson and I keep telling my son and his wife, look, this is an opportunity for you to heal the future, to, to hear if you only started with your family, this is an opportunity for you to heal the future and look at it from a more heart centered place as opposed to continuing this one foot in front of the other that our culture has done and taken, and I'm guilty of it, you know, of giving this information to them. It's an opportunity. It is. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Our opportunity begins with ourselves. 
Absolutely. And our, our responsibility is with ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 100% responsible for the quality of the life that I'm living. I'm 100% responsible for the beliefs that I give my attention to. I'm 100% responsible for every choice that I make. Um, and I'm responsible for the energy that I carry. You know, the, the emotions that, that I give attention to. Um, and, and so the, I think the, the key to the puzzle of how do we clean up our culture and our society, I mean, clearly it has to begin with each of us as individuals taking responsibility for ourselves and our life and the, and, and, you know, why are we doing what we're doing day in and day out? We, we, you know, we'd really be well served to come back to the why. Until we got the why straight, the, the what and the how, you know, just kind of evade us. Um, and, and, you know, in my work in the treatment business, like at the Integrative Life Center here in Nashville, the program that we have here in Nashville, um, and it's integrativelifecenter.com if someone's interested. But, um, you know, I did group this morning at ILC, and the conversation was really about, look, guys, you've all said yes to the invitation that life extended through your suffering, through your unhappiness, through, you know, the behaviors that got you here into treatment, through the addictions or, or the trauma or whatever it was, you all said yes to that invitation from life to would you like to stop, slow down, and look into the mirror and sort out what's really true for you today and what you need to let go of or what would you choose to let go of? Mm-hmm. Like you said yes to the opportunity of owning your life now a hundred percent and recreating your life for the second time from a place of authenticity and inspiration and conscious choice, as opposed to, you know, we wake up at some point in our life and we've been living for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. We've been living our life up until that point. But for the most part, our life is not really authentic because we've been living based on the programming and the inheritance of legacy and beliefs that we were born into. Mm-hmm. So we, we took all that stuff and we've been we've been living the best we could um, with an operating system that's that's really truthfully not our operating system. It's an inherited operating system, and it's all in our mind, right? And then life gets uncomfortable and we develop all kind of, you know, dysfunctional behaviors in our attempts to medicate our disease within ourselves and the issues that, that we run into or that we've developed. Um, and that's really an invitation from life to pay attention again for the second time as an adult. It's really a, you know, it's a miserable it's a miserable invitation, but it's a fantastic invitation at the same time. It's almost like an opportunity for rebirth. You know, you can um, one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, quotes over the last two years has been learn, 
unlearn, relearn, right? I mean, we've learned a specific way, good, bad, or indifferent. And we have this opportunity when we do decide to say, okay, this is all on me, right? I'm taking responsibility for this and I'm going to accept where I'm at and make a conscious choice to live my life differently. Now I have to unlearn what I learned. Exactly. Well, and that's the key to that for me is always stepping into a process of questioning myself, questioning everything. And that's a daunting process. You know, when, when you like, we all, we all want a story that makes us good enough. We all create a story for ourselves about who we are, what our values are, what our beliefs are. And then we take that story out into the world and, you know, we, we look for validation that we're right, that we're okay, that we're enough. Um, and we, you know, we try and associate with people that, that are aligned with our belief system and aligned with our value system. But underneath all of that, it's largely insecurity and fear because so many of our core agreements are that for me to be okay, I have to, I have to, I have to live, perform, behave according to the, the culture that I'm living in and the people that I'm hanging out with. And I'm going to need pretty much continuous validation that I am okay and I mm-hmm. am good enough because I don't really believe it 100% in my heart and in my soul. I don't really believe I'm enough. I don't mm-hmm. really believe I'm good enough. And the only way to, to undo that core agreement is to do the work that brings you all the way back to that core agreement. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about the work, right? Let's talk about the work, particularly in the Heart Reconnection Guidebook. Um, I love what you just said. It's asked a few minutes ago about asking the questions. So in in the book, um, of course, it's broken down into chapters and different steps and ideas, but it's a lot of times uh, it's reiterated to ask the questions, and it's also based on some of the concepts of the medicine wheel. So in this, I have two, two it's a two-part question. Um, why the medicine wheel? And um, can you give the listeners an idea of why you started with the South? Oh, okay. Um, sure. Yeah. I know. Probably well, caught you off guard there, right? Yeah, I think, well, I was, because I thought we started in the East. Uh, it looks like, let me see. Oh, yep, I'm sorry. You did, let me just look. That might, I mean, no, your, to... your book Your book could be different. Nope, it started in the East. Okay, that's, that. I'm, I apologize for that. Why the East? Well, and you know what? The truth is you can start wherever you start. And uh-huh. that's the, that is the beauty and the reason behind using the wheel, is that, Life is, when you've lived life for enough years, you realize so much of life is circular. We meet ourselves again and again, and we come back around again and again, you know, and the wheel offers that opportunity to go, to to be reflective, to look at our relationships, beginning with ourselves, and then our relationships to our past, our relationships to other people, our relationships you know, to, to spirit, to creator, the whole fabric of our, that make up our individual relationships. We, we have the opportunity to look at those relationships from where I'm at today 
And then two years, three years, five years from now, after living life through that time frame, I come back around, well, it's, it's really important to come back and revisit and reflect on where I'm at now. So I may do it today. I may do it three years from now. I may do it 10 years from now because the context of our life is changing and evolving and growing, you know, and, and how we might define ourselves evolves and grows and changes and shifts. Life is a continuously moving experience. You know, there's nothing static about any aspect of it. And the medicine wheel also serves in that we do, it does serve us to have a framework to focus on because our life is so dominated by our mind, by our intellect, that the mind wants a structure. You know, the mind craves definitions and labels and stories and you know, the, the mind wants to be able to attach itself to something. So by creating a framework, even though it is a wheel and even though it is a continuously evolving experience, it still gives the mind a framework to attach to and to work with until we can drop in to a deeper heart-centered level that is more able to look at life from a less structured, less definitive point of view, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely understand what you're saying. And I think it's really important for, as you said, for for there to be a framework and a tool. And I think many people can relate with or have at least at some point in their lives heard of the medicine wheel and and can maybe grasp that they're at the center of that medicine wheel, right? I mean, you're well, the center yeah, we, of the wheel. We are, you know, we really, our essence is our consciousness. Um, our spirit is seated at the center of the wheel of our life. But what happens to us is our attention gets hijacked by all the little shiny objects that are around the, the periphery, right? Like mm-hmm. I could, you could say if I'm standing in the center of a wheel, and that's the anchor place for my heart and my spirit and my life and in my body. But the majority of my energy and attention is always outside of the center. And it's, it's hooked into my role, you know, as a businessman or my role as a, as a father or my role as a husband. Um, we get so involved and so enmeshed in the roles that we live that, we don't naturally necessarily let that role go and bring our attention, breathe ourselves back into our heart and center again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, what I'm talking about now is very aligned with Buddhist practice, you know, to, and meditation practices that unless we are doing something as a practice in our life to bring our attention back to our heart and our center Years of our lives can go by, and we're like rats in a treadmill. We're yeah. just running, 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 running. You know, and, and we get so caught up in that and so invested in that, and then we wonder why we feel lost, why we're not fulfilled, you know, why, why our life seems anxious. Um, well, it's because we're not grounded in ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're, 
we're chasing things outside of ourselves, trying to trying to be good enough, trying to be okay, trying to be accomplished, trying to feed that story that I'm good enough. And the whole time we're doing that, we've actually never not been good enough in right. our center, in our heart. We've never not been good enough, but we rarely ever bring our attention back to that truth. Well, what it reminds me of is there was a verse in the book, um, and it was about acceptance, and acceptance uh, begins at your journey home, I think was the paragraph it was at. But anyway, the last thing says, acceptance opens the way for learning how to love. Teach me how to love myself is a perfect starting prayer. And uh, that totally resonated with me. Uh, because again, we get, like you said, we get so far off center from who we are. We don't know how to love ourselves. We don't realize that we are this amazing creature, you know, that we are just so, um, it's our birthright, our divine birthright. That's just who we are. So I really right. love that. It is. It is. You know, in the truth of what we are doesn't change. We, we can go off, we can go down a rabbit hole or go off the rails in all kinds of, you know, destructive or harmful or painful um, or just kind of time-wasting rabbit holes in life. And, you know, we see it in our humanity, all the, all the wars and the greed and the consumption and, you know, just like we're out of control. And it's all driven by fear and insecurity and anxiety that keeps coming back to our core agreement is that for me to have value, I'm going to have to prove it to the world or I'm right. going to have to accomplish this or I'm going to have to make millions of dollars or I'm going to have to be more powerful than you, you know, or work out harder than you or be skinnier than you or, you know, it's, it's, it's just a never ending washing machine of insecurity and fear and doubt and and it's not real in a in a true sense and it's not true it's not real in a sense that if we stop ever stop perpetuating that way of living it will no longer exist it's mm -hmm. only real because we keep feeding it we keep feeding it we keep showing up um for a way of life day in and day out it's not based in our heart and soul and our goodness and, and, you know, our innate creativity and connection to spirit. We're living our lives with all of our faith invested in a world that has taught us to believe that for us to have value, we must perform according to the, the demands of the world. That it's more right. important. To be, it's more important to be compliant with the cultural norms and the cultural judgments and opinions than it is that we be compliant with our own heart and spirit. And right. Well, speaking of compliance, my producer is bopping me here saying we are all out of time. <laughs> it goes by so fast, doesn't it? 27 minutes just goes by so fast. I feel like we need to do this again. We uh, just got started on this, this ride of <laughs> The Heart Reconnection Guidebook. I mean, we really did just get started. So we have to do a round two. And we only have about 30 seconds left. So I want to thank you for joining me. Listeners, visit Lee's website. 
spiritrecovery.com. You can find all the information about him, about the book, about the centers, about how to regain your life and that sense of place and love connecting to your heart. Um, Lee, what is your 20-second thought for somebody to take out into the day to elevate their lives, to connect with Uh, their soul? You know, you are worth, 100% worth the time and attention and money and energy to do the things that you're called to do to raise yourself up to clean yourself, to clear yourself, you know, to get aligned with your heart and your spirit. You're worth it. That's why we're here. We Mm. were created, we were created to be true to our heart and our spirit. We weren't created to just be compliant minions in our culture. You know, honor yourself. Yeah. Honor yourself. Thank you. Respect yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.